0: Light that, Spark Fire Nation, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1839 of EO Fire, where I chat with entrepreneurs on fire seven days a week. And if you are ready to accomplish that one big goal, visit thefreedomjournal.com, and you will be accomplishing that goal in 100 days. Now let's chat with today's featured guest, Sam Lilly. Sam, are you prepared to
1: ignite Oh, JLD, I'm holding the match. Yes.
0: <laughs> Sam is the founder of Vendor, a P2P marketplace for homegrown produce. Plus, he's an organic gardener, clean crop advocate, community organizer, fitness instructor, and long distance hiker. Sam, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro, and give us a little glimpse of your personal life.
1: Yeah, sure. So, I'm 26. I graduated San Jose State, and I am a long-distance hiker. I hiked from Mexico to Canada on the Pacific Crest Trail, which is 2,658.8 miles, and it took me about five months to do. And then after that, I moved to a small town where I currently live, uh, Port Townsend, Washington, population of about 10,000, average age of about 57.
0: Whoa. A lot of good hiking around there?
1: Tons of hiking. Tons and tons of hiking. Nice.
0: So what would you consider with all of that we've talked about, Sam, your area of expertise? I mean, let me run through it real quickly again. You're an organic gardener, clean crop advocate, community organizer, fitness instructor, long distance hiker. What is your one specialty?
1: You know, I happen to be good at taking a big goal, and breaking it down into a whole lot of little tasks that are accomplishable that eventually reach that much larger goal. And an example of that, just an easy one, is the hike. It's 2,658-point miles, five months. So you take a huge, almost unimaginable goal like that, and you break it down into weeks. And on top of that, you break that down into days, which then break down into certain miles. So I had to do about 20 miles a day. And I know that I had to do at least 10 to 12 by the time I got to lunch. And then I knew I only had to get to eight to make that day. And I would take it day by day and work it out week by week. And then eventually, you know, five months came around and I crossed into Canada and accomplished that much larger goal.
0: Now, is that five straight months um, or are you breaking it up with breaks somewhere for like weeks at a time?
1: Oh, no, that's five straight months, 20 to 25 miles a day. Wow,
0: that is intense stuff. Now, how much of that hike is actually on like real roads, like asphalt roads, or are you pretty much kind of doing the wilderness thing most of the time?
1: It's wilderness the majority, probably 98% of the time. It's backcountry, first 700 miles through desert in Southern California, and then you hit the Sierra Nevada Mountains and you ride the mountain range all the way into Oregon and then you hit the lower cascades and then you ride the cascades into Canada and the whole time you're going four to seven days in between towns where you're just either in the middle of the desert or you're in the middle of the forest Uh, and that's about it.
0: Now what are you doing for food mostly like how are you getting stocked up and like what are you eating intraday?
1: Yeah great question so Every about four to seven days, you'd reach a town or you would reach a road where you then have to hitchhike into town, Uh, and I would eat some dry, their freeze-dried meals, uh, or I would eat snicker bars, pop tarts, uh, try to get some fresh fruit in there, fresh fruit and veggies when you can, uh, but it has to last for a little while, and they have to be calorie packed. I was burning about six to eight thousand calories a day. Wow taking in maybe two to 2,500 because you're carrying everything. Totally. So four to seven days, you're talking about, I don't know, maybe 15 pounds of food, 15, 20 pounds of food on top of the equipment that you're already carrying, which is, you know, tent, sleeping bag, um, your own little kitchen, uh, all those little things. What was the
0: scariest moment during that hike? Was there one?
1: Oh, there were several. And I use them uh, every day, especially running my business. They're a huge influence.
0: Then just tell me the scariest.
1: Sure. I was in Oregon near the Three Sisters mountain range. I'm about three and a half months in. Uh, It was a four day stint between towns and I was halfway. Uh, So day three. And it had rained all night and it rained all morning. So when I got up, About four in the morning, I packed up in the rain. Everything's soaked. I put on my down jacket because it's cold. I put on my rain jacket and I head out. And about three hours into the hike, it starts to snow. And, I mean, that didn't bother me too much. I had been in the snow in the Sierras. And so I keep moving forward. And then it gets a little heavier and heavier. And eventually it turns out to a point where I can't see maybe Mm -hmm. 30 yards in front of me and the trail kind of whites out a little bit. I can see little indents on either side where the trail is. And at this point I can kind of navigate through the trees, you know, you've been in it for so long, you know how the trail works. And uh, I keep going through and, you know, I'm alone, going in the, and this is just in the backwoods. And I take a break, you know, underneath the tree to, to seek shelter and reach into my uh, pant pocket to pull out a snack. And I remember my hands shivering and shaking, and I'm thinking, that's weird. You know, I've got this down jacket on, I'm covered up, and why am I getting cold all of a sudden when I stop hiking? And I unzip my jacket, and I stick my hand uh, next to my chest, and I pull it out, and it's covered in sweat. And it turned out I had sweated through my down jacket while I was hiking. And so for those that don't know, down doesn't insulate it you know, when it's wet. So I was pretty much just in the middle of this little snowstorm with a rain jacket on and just wet. And I remember thinking, that's not good. You know, I can either hunker down and put up my tent and crawl in, but then I'm eating food that I don't have that's already rationed out. Um, It's going to put extra miles on through this stint. I could go back you know, back two days to I know where there's a town or I can move forward and get to my next destination. And that's what I decided to do. I decided to move forward and I put in my headphones and I took it one step at a time. And that's what I relate all the time back to business. If I'm in a problem like that, you just got to take it one step at a time. Sometimes you got to put your nose down and just move forward. And at the end of that day, I got to my destination. I got to my campground. I did my 20 miles to the storm and I set up my tent and climbed inside and I shivered all night. I didn't sleep. I just shivered. And I remember shoveling a couple handfuls of trail mix into my mouth because I knew I needed calories. Uh, and just, that was it.
0: Wow. That is scary. That is absolutely yeah. scary. And I've had some experiences training in the army where I was just like, man, like this is a bad, bad situation, a bad night. But you know, I was never in that kind of situation where you were, where you were hundreds of miles from anywhere and doing those things. And like the thoughts that you can kind of uh, allow pervade your conscious can be really detrimental. So it's so important, Fire Nation. I think that was a great takeaway that Sam shared because it's really applicable to entrepreneurship is. One step at a time. Keep moving forward. Now, Sam, let's kind of maybe talk about what you consider your worst business moment. I mean, that was your scariest moment within your hike. What's the worst entrepreneurial moment you've experienced to date? Tell us that story.
1: Sure. And in comparison, it doesn't seem as bad (laughs) because at least I'm going to be in a warm place that I can get a meal. So the worst entrepreneurial experience I had was about two years ago. And I had come off this trail, this hike, and I had this idea. Uh, and it was this plant identification app that I wanted to build. And I hadn't ever done anything like that before. and So I spent a few months learning Photoshop to create these wireframes and mockups. And I knew of a business plan competition that was coming up in May. And so I thought I would enter that and try to get a little funding to get this this project up and running. And so I created this business plan and a pitch and submitted it to the business plan competition, uh, initially got denied. And then day before the competition, they asked if I could still make it. They said a team dropped out. Can you come? I said, absolutely. I'll be on the next flight. Flew down there, made it Went from the semis to the finals, uh, did my pitch in front of the finals. I thought I was going to make it and take first. And I actually took dead last. And I was just told by all the judges, it's not feasible. This isn't something that's going to work or or happen. And I was kind of crushed. I had spent all this time, uh, about six months, you know, just working on this and trying to perfect this pitch. And I'm just torn down, torn out at the knees. And I come back home and I think, you know what, maybe I should just get a job. I'm a recent graduate, you know, international business degree. I can at least get something. And so I applied to 106 companies across four states. I got seven job interviews. I got one offer to sell cold call background check technology eight hours a day. And I ended up turning it down. I was just, at this point, just devastated. You know, this idea I had for a company is shot down. You know, I can't get a job. I've applied to 106. What am I going to do? Which is a great little segue for the next one, the that aha moment, because I got it right after that.
0: Well, before we do move into that aha moment, what would you say, Sam, is the one takeaway that you want to make sure our listeners get from your worst moment?
1: Yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. There's always something out there. Just listen to your surroundings.
0: Well, let's move in to that aha moment now, to one of the greatest ideas that you've had as an entrepreneur to date, and let's really dive into the story.
1: Yeah, so I came back and I, you know, from that competition, did, did the, uh, the job application process, thinking I could just join the corporate world. Uh, and in this town, we have a business resource center. And so I go down to the resource center and I say, hey, what kind of resources do you have? <laughs> and they said, why don't you come back? Uh, we're having a Young Professionals Network kind of roundtable discussion about the positives and negatives of the town. So a couple days later, I come to the discussion and we break into groups. And when we, you know, uh, converge again, the main problems are, you know, people are saying this, the cost of living is high. They have to work two to three jobs. They can't get fresh produce because it's, you know, the farmer's market's two days a week and they work during the time that that happens. Um, And they go to Safeway, you know, but the quality of produce is poor and they don't really know where it's coming from. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're telling me if you had all of these things available to you, you would just use this service, and it just kind of clicked. Everyone said yes. And I said, okay, I'll figure out the way. And uh, I walked home. It was about a two-mile walk. At that point, it wasn't that bad. And I saw these fruits and vegetables in people's yards, and I just thought, why can't you buy from a neighbor? Yeah. You know, and I walked up to the door, there's some random door with an apple tree, and I knocked, <laughs> and this guy answers, and I say, hey, I happen to walk by. I see you've got an apple tree. Have you ever thought about selling your apples? And he's like, what? Who are you? No. <laughs> what do you want? And I said, well, if I could sell your apples, would you allow me to? He said, sure, why not? They just fall and rot on the ground anyway. So I said, okay, I'll be back. And that's when it clicked. Why can't there be a system where you can just buy fresh produce right from your neighbors? You know where it's being grown. You know who's growing it. And you can find out how it's being grown. So there should be a system in place that allows that to happen. And that's what I created with Vendor.
0: What I love about this Fire Nation is that Sam was able to take an obvious problem or an obvious void or an obvious niche, at least to him, that needed to be filled – And create something. You know, that's what I was able to do with a daily podcast. That's what fill-in-the-blank number of people have been able to do when they keep their eyes open, their ears open, and they look to solve problems that this world has. So, Sam, what do you want to make sure our listeners get as a takeaway from your story? Like, what's a specific piece of advice you can give us about taking action when we see opportunities like
1: this? Listen, for one. Just listen to what – people are saying around you about the problems that they have. And those problems are opportunities and you just need to take action on that.
0: Let's talk about today, Sam, because you've really been able to flesh out some ideas, get some things moving forward. What are you most fired up about today?
1: I'm super fired up about this hyper local food movement that's going on, not just here on the peninsula, but across the nation. There's all sorts of agro innovations happening from Uh, The Brooklyn Grange that are rooftop farms to Square Roots, which are uh, shipping container farms and aeroponics where they're spraying nutrients on on plants in New Jersey. It is incredible. And I'm super hyped about the whole local, fresh organic produce movement.
0: Well, try to send some vibes down to Puerto Rico because I'm still looking for that movement down here. But I will say this. You'll be proud of me, Sam. I started growing my own garden right in my backyard about two weeks ago, and uh, I've really been enjoying the process. It's been fun.
1: All right. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> therapeutic thing.
0: It really is. I was out there bare feet the other day and just kind of like watering the garden, and I'm like, oh, there's a little sprout that's coming up, and this, it's been kind of a cool process, so I've really been enjoying it, Fire Nation. If you feel like you have the space and the time and the energy highly recommended. it. I'm looking forward to putting that first eggplant on my plate uh, coming up here in the future. One of the many vegetables <laughs> that I planted. <laughs> but Fire Nation, if you think Sands are dropping value bombs, he has. And we got some more coming up in the lightning round when we get back from thanking our sponsors. If you've ever thought about owning a franchise, then you're not alone. But have you ever thought about owning a children's services franchise? If you love music, then School of Rock is a children's services franchise you should definitely check out. School of Rock owners love their business because they get to pass the torch of musicality to the new generation of musicians within their community and operate a profitable business at the same time. School of Rock is a network of over 200 locations and 25,000 students worldwide. The program gets kids up on stage and playing at real rock venues, in addition to taking them on tour, offering recording opportunities and having them workshop with accomplished musicians entrepreneur magazine even named school of rock 2017's number one child enrichment program want to learn more school of rock has put together an exclusive download just for you visit franchising.schoolofrock.com contact the school of rock team and tell them entrepreneurs on fire sent you that's franchising.schoolofrock.com Sam, are you ready to rock the lightning rounds? You bet. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? You know,
1: I'm not sure anything was. I've always had entrepreneurial endeavors from the age of six, from washing cars to Sam's super pooper scoopers, which was a dog <laughs> excrement cleaning service around the neighborhood. I think we could
0: figure that out. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and uh, selling candy on the playground. It's just been part of my life.
0: What's the best advice you've ever received?
1: Don't give up. Don't give up, and keep moving forward. What's
0: a personal habit that contributes to your success?
1: I wake up about 4.30, 5 o'clock every morning, uh, and I listen to motivational videos or audio tracks for about the first 30 minutes of my day while I drink my coffee and then head to the gym just to get the blood moving before I start every day.
0: Recommend one internet resource?
1: Overdrive. Uh, it's a mobile app that you can download and connects you to your local library so that you can check out any book that they have available through either an audio book or an ebook.
0: I actually recommended that resource to my dad the other day. He was ecstatic. He's like, this is the best thing ever. So Fire Nation, if you have parents that are still going to the library, that's awesome. Um, recommend this to them. They're going to yeah. love it.
1: You can even link up with multiple libraries. So you have multiple accounts. You can get this huge just access to information. So good.
0: Sam, let's end today on Fire Brother with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye.
1: And it's one that I've already said. It's listen to your surroundings for those that have problems so you can solve them. Problems are opportunities for entrepreneurs like us to solve. Uh, And if you need to get in contact with me, if you'd like to, I'm more than happy to talk with anyone. You can reach me at Sam at and That's V-E-G-G-I-E-V-I-N-D-E-R.
0: Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And you've been hanging out with SL and JLD today. So keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Type Sam in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz. Timestamps, links galore. And again, email Sam directly. That's sam at veggievendor.com. V-I-N-D-E-R.com. Shoot him an email, say thanks, ask him a question, do whatever you want to do, but reach out to him. And Sam, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks, JLD. Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Sam today. And from accomplishing goals to launching podcasts to creating funnels and webinars that convert, I have four free courses that are awaiting you at eofire.com. I will catch you there or I'll catch you on the
1: flip side.